Hi, Cherise here with a special announcement. You can now enjoy select episodes of Detailed in video form. That's right. Detailed is now available on RCAT's YouTube channel. Now, you may be thinking, I already listened to the podcast. No need to watch it on YouTube. Well, trust me, if you don't want to miss out, even if you're an avid listener of the podcast, the video format is a completely different experience. Not only is it like hanging out with us, but you also get to hear parts of the conversation that were left on the cutting room floor. You can also see the photos, drawings, and video as we discuss the incredible projects that are featured. Come join us on YouTube. Follow the link in our show notes, and let's get into the details. This is an original podcast by RCAT. Try the number one most used website for finding building product information and save time and money. No registration is required with RCAT, so try it today and get ahead on your next project. Visit RCAT.com. That's A-R-C-A-T dot com. Visit RCAT.com forward slash podcast to see photos, details, and more related project and product information that we discussed today. This is Detailed, an original podcast by RCAT. I am your host, Sharice Lakeside, Senior Specification Writer at RDH Building Science and fondly known as the CSI Kraken. We will speak with professionals who share their insights into the most complex, interesting, and odd building conditions and the ingenuity it took to make it work. Join me as I pull back the curtain on the building industry and uncover the lessons learned. You'll gain valuable knowledge to help you better navigate your next project. Welcome to Detailed. Today, I am pleased to welcome Mary Bell Barba. Mary Bell Barba, AIA, is a project architect and manager in the Seattle office of the global architecture and design firm, MG2. In her 10 years of industry experience, Mary Bell has focused on designing large format retail environments for brand name clients, including Target, Kohl's, and Costco Wholesale, and her projects span the U.S. and Mexico. Born and raised in Puerto Rico, Mary Bell earned both a Bachelor of Fine Arts and a Master of Architecture from the Savannah College of Art. Throughout her college career, she interned with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. In 2022, Autodesk named Mary Bell a 40 under 40 champion of construction. The project we are going to talk about today is the Costco in Santa Fe, Mexico. If you were on the soccer field, shooting hoops, or playing paddleball in the newest sports facility in Santa Fe, Mexico, you might not know that you were also standing over a 524,549 square foot Costco wholesale. Built on a landfill, Costco Santa Fe with its massive warehouse, parking structure, and loading bays is almost completely hidden from public view. This Costco, which also includes a large green roof with 10 varieties of native plants and grasses and 15 insect hotels, Okay, how often do you hear that? Was designed to meld into the neighborhood and serve the community. A pedestrian bridge and walking slash running path connect the newly finished sports fields and courts to the nearby Park Mexicana, seamlessly integrating the new facility with the park's urban green space. 
Also of interest is an on-site water treatment plant and extensive water collection, leak detection, and purification systems. Warehouses are moving into urban centers and they want to be good neighbors. Costco Santa Fe is perhaps one of the most beautiful and sustainable examples. You can see additional project details on the podcast homepage at rcat.com slash podcast. Mary Bell, welcome to Detailed. How are you today? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me here. I'm very excited to talk about my project. I am really excited to talk to you because this is, might be, I've seen a lot in my career because I'm more than just a little bit older than you are. (laughs) And this might be one of the craziest projects I've ever seen. I was, when I saw this, I was so excited to get an opportunity um, to talk to you about this project and, and how it all came together because it's really unique. But before I start picking your brain, tell me one, I just have a feeling this is going to be a great answer. Tell me <laughs> one really interesting thing about you that's not at least directly related to the work that we do. Yeah. So uh, I love to travel. Uh, my whole life, I was very fortunate that my parents uh, exposed me to a whole bunch of cities outside Puerto Rico. And so for me, traveling is not just putting a pin on the map. You know, I'm always interested in the urban landscape of the city, how architecture can create a space where people can come together. Uh, Two weeks ago, I was actually just in Argentina exploring, Uh, you know, the different neighborhoods of Buenos Aires. And I was just fascinating. All the different style of architectures, you know, this one city has, which I loved it. The plazas where people come to gather of course, it was the World Cup game. So I got to really experience, you know, Argentina watching the World Cup game and winning and all that, you know, the emotions, the joy, the city, the people coming together in the city. Even like uh, when they won the games, like they will just shut down the street and people just come out and party and hang out. It was just a great experience just to be there and like feel that, feel the culture. So I, that's one of the things I love to do. Um, yeah, on my spare time. <laughs> Well, you, you, you're talking to a kindred spirit because I, I love to travel. I was not in Argentina recently. <laughs> I haven't been anywhere recently, but I was totally trolling the internet this morning, looking at different places for I somewhere I want to go. <laughs> yeah, well, now that you said that, I'm thinking, okay. It's maybe. warm right now too. It's There's summer, so it's a great way to escape from the winter blues. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a total bad influence, just so you know. <laughs> so let's talk about this building. Why don't you tell me the story of this building a little bit, the history, the goals, the aspirations behind this project, what what the client was trying to achieve. So let's start there. So Santa Fe has gone through a huge transformation in the past decades. You know, it used to be a quarry back in the 19th century, then it became a landfill site on the 60s, and now it's converted to this beautiful modern city surrounded by high rises, shopping centers and restaurants, Santa Fe is now considered the Wall Street of Mexico City. So the park site itself, our site, originally was a quarry. And after the quarry was exhausted, the large pit was then abandoned and unused for many, many years. Eventually, the landfill site was transformed into this beautiful park called Parque La Mexicana. So fast forward today, Santa Fe is now a huge economy hub in Mexico and a very sought after area. 
Costco has been wanting to build here for some time now. However, it was very difficult due to the lack of land that was available. So the opportunity came to Costco when La Mexicana was looking for a retail partner. With this new partnership, Costco essentially became the extension of Parque La Mexicana. Now, if you don't know about Parque La Mexicana, I suggest Googling it because it's, it's an extraordinary park, actually. It's one of my favorite parks in the world. It, the park is like a 70-acre urban green space centralized right in the middle of Santa Fe, which is a neighborhood in Mexico City. The area homes over like 5,000 trees. It has two lakes. It has a skate park, an amphitheater, playgrounds, dog parks, bike paths, so many things, restaurants. Every time I go there, I always see so much activity in the park day and night. It's, it's fantastic. MG2 at Costco, we were very excited to work here. Uh, the project is a partnership with the city, the park association, and our client, Costco. So Costco was not just excited to have this opportunity, but also to be able to provide to the community with all these amenities that we have above our roof. In MG2, we are very fortunate to have such a long relationship with Costco. So we work closely with Costco and the Park Association to ensure the aesthetics and functionality of the Costco bill environment into this existing landscape. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, I, I did, you know, one thing I thought about, for example, my company has offices in both the U.S. and Canada. Mm -hmm. And pretty much my entire career, obviously, has been working in the U.S. And I came here three years ago now. And now I have to know how to spell in Canadian. <laughs> but, you know, regulations and codes and rules and just how things are done, construction or design or how businesses are run are different in different countries. What did you have to do or learn to assure that you covered all the bases doing a project in Mexico as opposed to doing a project in the United States? Yeah. So it's funny that you mentioned how you have to write in Canadian because, you know, I myself, I've known English and Spanish fluently since I was a little kid. However, I was taught architecture here in the United States. So I know the verbiage in English. So in Spanish, there's actually a very unique verbiage for the architectural industry. So that for me was a bit of a shift trying to like know what are the proper words to use in architecture engineering. So that was, a, I actually have a engineering architect's dictionary that's English and Spanish language for me to look to. <laughs> so that was definitely something, a challenge I never thought will come up when I switch over to Mexico. But in addition though, in MG2, we actually have been building Costco's in Mexico since the 90s. So we have already have quite a few people in our team who are very familiar and experienced with the building code in Mexico. I myself had to dive in into the Mexico building code and learn it and understand it you know, differences between Mexico and the U.S. building code. Uh, we typically design for the most stringent. So in some, in some cases, we follow the U.S. code just because it was stringent. And so that's kind of how we tackle the project. For permitting, it's definitely quite different. You actually have to go there and present the project to the city in order to get the approvals, not just sending PDFs out on emails, you know, to the city and they review. You actually have to be there with physical copies. So it's, they're definitely a little bit more hands-on as far as the permitting process over there. So um, let's, let's get some basic information about this building to start off. This project was made to be a park, not a commercial center. So this gave us the opportunity to look outside the box and push the envelope of what a commercial building looks in this environment. So starting from the bottom, we use the natural topography of the site to 
hide the building. So only one side of the building is actually fully exposed to the public. And the remaining three sides are strategically hidden from the view, blended into the natural landscape of the site. We build these montañitas, which are tall berms, that are covered with native plants, trees, and grasses that surround the building. We also install these green screens on the facade of the building that have native plants crawling from the bottom and also plants cascading from the top, in which over time it will grow and further obscure the building. Since this is meant to be a park, our intent here was for the building to be hidden and merged within a natural landscape. So when I was there actually last month, they had the flowers on the, on the montañitas were all like blooming these gorgeous shades of pink and purple. It was amazing. Moving on into the building, uh, our building is actually divided into three separate structures. So we have the Costco warehouse, which is a pre-engineered metal building. Next to it, we have a three-level concrete parking garage. And then on the back of the warehouse, we have the Costco receiving area. So each of these structures were built separately, which means the roof is also divided into three separate sections. So when moving on to the roof, above the Costco warehouse, we have this enormous green roof that houses 10 varieties of succulent plants and 15 insect hotels. We created a pattern landscape on the roof, but the roof is just so massive that you won't even see it unless you see an aerial photo of the project, which I recommend checking out our photos. This is truly inc incredible, the pattern we, we created there. And from the air, you'll see like 12 little pathways within our green roof for maintenance. Now, this green roof is not open to the public because we use this roof to help support the natural habitat of Santa Fe. Next to the green roof, we have the parking structure. And above that is where we have our sports facility. Now, on this roof, we don't only have a soccer field, but we also have two basketball courts that convert into volleyball courts and a paddle court. Paddle court is actually very popular in Mexico, so that was a request from the park to have that on the facility. And then from the sports court, we have a path that connects to the roof of Costco receiving area. And on that roof is where we have the children's skate park. Now, we designed this for the kids to learn how to skate and the parents be able to see their kids play. You know, we build the skate paths in which the kids can skate on. We have also a running and walking path that connects to the existing park, Parque La Mexicana. There's also a bathroom facility up there and there's a seating area. This part is actually the tallest point for the project. And you can, if you sit there, you can actually see a magnificent view of the 70 acre park with like modern high rises on the background. So every time I come visit, I actually like to go here and like just admire the view because it's incredible. And to make all this happen, we worked closely with the uh, Park Association to make sure we met their needs and the needs of the community So in order to design all these spaces. So this project it is a great example how public and private spaces can work cohesively. The city was looking to transform the land, this landfill site into this beautiful park. The Park Association designed it so all the commercial spaces located in the park contribute to the maintenance and upkeeping of the park. And Costco was part of that. So that was one of the goals, is to be a good neighbor for the city. Well, the thing that really struck me was the very first time I looked at it. I opened it up and I'm like, okay, where's the building? And then I realized, oh, that is the building. It's just underneath all of the soccer fields in this green space. And by the way, what is an insect hotel? 
So that was actually one of our sustainability features. One of them is a green roof, of course, but the green roof is not, doesn't just provide, you know, a sustainable space for the warehouse. It also helps sustain the natural surroundings of Santa Fe. The insect hotels, those are divided into three types of hotels and to host different types of insects and bees in Mexico. So these hotels were coordinated with SEDEMA, which stands for Secretaria de Medio Ambiente, which translates in English, Environmental Agency of Mexico City. So we work with the environmental agency in order to create this habitat for these insect hotels to provide to the community too. If I had to pick, I'm a spec writer, if I had to pick yeah. one section out of all the different sections I have to write for a project that I probably like writing the least, it's any kind of vegetated roof section. <laughs> and this this is like yeah. the superhero of vegetated amenity space roofs. So, I mean, I can imagine how you're going to answer this, but what were some of the design challenges and most complex things that most excited you about this project? Since you mentioned the green roof, of course, that was absolutely one of them. So the project consists of three different structures, right, that were determined by the use of the space. Starting with a Costco warehouse, it's a pre-engineered metal building. Our main concern here was the roof of the warehouse be able to support the load of the green roof. Since the green roof doesn't have access to the public, the loads were not as high. So we we're actually able to put in this green roof with a metal building on this project, which was actually amazing. Uh, we used an extensive green roof system, which for the you know for those who don't know, extensive green roof is a lightweight vegetated green roof that only provides three to six inches of greenery or soil space above our roof. And so here we used uh, native succulents for the landscaping of the roof. Moving on to the second structure, which would be the parking garage, which it stands right next to our warehouse. The parking garage is uh, made out of concrete. We had two challenges to solve for this space. One is finding a structure that can support the loads of a large crowd watching the soccer game above. And another one was we were restricted on how high we can build per the building codes. So we ended up utilizing post-tension concrete structure to build a three-level parking garage. This was very efficient design that utilizes less concrete than most common concrete structures while still taking a large load from the sports park. Uh, the thickness of the floors were a little over like five inches, which is quite thin compared to other concrete systems. For our third structure is the children's skate park. Underneath the children's skate park is the receiving area, Costco's receiving area. Now, this is where large semi-trucks go to unload merchandises for the warehouse. So as you can imagine, the space needed to be large enough, square footage-wise, for the trucks to maneuver as well as height. Need to be very tall space. So the challenge here was column placement for the trucks to avoid hitting them. So we had to incorporate this 90-foot-long beam in one section of the roof to give the, the semi-trucks enough room to maneuver within the space. Now, to hold the weight of the children's skate park, we were actually able to do the design with metal steel columns and conventional concrete metal decking. There's a large part of this facility that's below grade. Did you have to do anything special with like air return and you know, lighting and... right? So, so how do you get fresh air in and out of there? Yeah, so we actually solved that problem by uh, incorporating the green screens that we designed. So over half of the building is actually all green screens, not walls. And what we did is uh, we strategically designed the montañitas to be offset of the building so that we can provide that 
natural lighting and ventilation within the space. As you said, the receiving area, for example, you get off-gassing from the trucks constantly, right? So that right. was a big concern of ours. Part of it is concrete wall, but uh, the other half of the wall is actually all green screen, so it's open, so that way we won't have that problem. I say only the bottom level of the parking garage is the only level that does not have natural lighting or ventilation, so we did have to solve that with MEP solutions. But the rest of the building, we were able to solve it with green screens. Uh, what was the most difficult to detail on this building? That will be waterproofing. I learned a lot about waterproofing with this project. Each surface requires a different kind of waterproofing membrane that was dictated on what material goes on that top of that surface, what activities goes on on that surface, and even what type of drainage we were using on that space. So in addition, due to the time restrictions, we had to finish the project because the park wanted to open on a certain date. We had to make sure the materials we used were obtained in Mexico. I don't know if you know, but Mexico City has a rainy season. And when it rains, it pours. And I've been there during the rainy season. It'll be pouring and even flooding. So this is something that we had to consider into our design. The green roof, it was critical to find a product that will not leak into the warehouse and can also be used with vegetation on top. So we ended up using a Sika Loose Laid Sheet waterproofing system. Okay. This system is designed to protect structures from the effects of water infiltration leading to structural deterioration. So this system included insulation below the waterproof membrane, making it ideal for green roof installation over the steel deck. Next on the sports court, that was another whirlwind of waterproofing systems. Here, our concern was finding a waterproofing system that can handle standing water and constant foot traffic. So we did our research on what products to use, and we discovered that we needed to divide the roof into four sections. So four different types of waterproofing systems were used here. We had to oh, use wow. a different one for the soccer field, the walkways, the basketball courts, and the perimeter landscape. So starting in with the soccer field, due to the high amount of rainfall in Mexico City, and our concern was standing water on the field. And so we went with PermaGuard 3. So PermaGuard 3 is a cold fluid applied system, fully reinforced, made of modified polyurethane. It's a monolithic and seamless application, which was key for us because the soccer field is not a flat surface. The ridge of the roof was strategically place in the middle of the soccer field and then it's sloped each side. So a fluid applied material works best to create a seamless application through this very large surface and up the curbs at the perimeter of the soccer field too. Okay, cool. The pedestrian walkways, we went with a traffic coating system, AutoGuard, which is a urethane-based pedestrian traffic coating that can be applied over concrete and also provided a very seamless, durable, skid-resistant membrane and prevented moisture intrusion that led to premature deterioration. So that was great since the walkways is something that's going to be constantly exposed to the outside environments like sun and rain and all of that. For basketball and the paddle tennis courts, we were concerned with the wear and tear. So we went with AutoGuard FC on this one. It's a fast cure, low odor urethanine system with a tough and durable top coat. Uh, it provided excellent abrasion resistance and durability. And it was great because it was a fast turnaround and order-sensitive application. It also allowed for quick installation and is compatible with the most stringent VOC regulations. And lastly, the perimeter landscape. 
Uh, we use the same product as a soccer field due to a seamless application since we need it to be applied on both horizontal and vertical surfaces. Just from that little bit and looking at this, all I can do right here is be so grateful I did not have to write the specs for that. <laughs> you know, we're very fortunate here at MG2. We do have a specs team who have been here for a very long time. Also worked in Mexico, which is great. But yeah, for this type of research, I work very closely with my spec team and the manufacturer of all these products to make sure we found the right application, make sure we met with our deadlines, um, and it worked with what we were proposing. So that was fun, even just being part of that, because uh, I'm more of a designer, so I don't really get to dive in much into specs, because our specs team right, will do that for us. But in here, I was very involved in that and really diving into the little nitty details and all that stuff that our specs team typically do when finding products. I think everybody should be working and mm -hmm. communicating a lot more with their spec writers, because everybody learns from that process. But the other thing that you said was that you worked really closely with your your product reps and your, your manufacturers to make sure you're getting the right thing in the right places, you could save yourself so much stress and so much time if you just call your rep and have them come in and work through it with you. That right. hour will save you tens, twenties, hundreds of hours later just to sit and, and work it all out. And we could be doing a lot better job of that. So I mm -hmm. love, you're my hero today. <laughs> Um, we've talked quite a bit about the roof so far, but talk to me about some of the unique products, interior or exterior, that you used in this building to achieve the vision you were trying to achieve for this building. Yeah. I mean, of course, I just mentioned a whole bunch for the waterproofing. But another one is on the green roof, we went with, with Sarnafil green roof system. There were also a rep who were involved with us also on this project and then with the built, metal building supplier. And they help us find their extensive green roof system, which again, it was designed for, it was very lightweight and it was able to, our building was able to hold it with no problem. In addition, we also did a lot of costume work ourselves. One was that 90 foot long beam. It's like 90 foot long and 12 feet tall steel beam that we have to costume made for this project. In addition, we also designed the green screens of the building. Each green screen is almost unique to make it fit with the footprint of the building. So sustainability, tell me about some of the sustainability goals for this project and what you did. So Costco takes sustainability very seriously and they're always constantly looking to improve their buildings. You know, their warehouses have a water monitor system for to detect leaks, you know, all or most of their buildings, I should say, is steel structure and metal envelope that is 95% recycled content, their insulation is 61% recycled content. And those are just some of the examples that are standard practices here at MG2 for our client. However, in Santa Fe, we definitely pushed it further. Mexico City has a huge water shortage problem that we needed to address. In addition, Mexico City itself, it has very strong environmental laws too. Some of the challenges that we encountered were to retain existing trees in the perimeter during construction. And we also have to add additional planting onto the site to be good environmental stewards for the city. We also added a wastewater treatment plant on the site that treats gray water to be used for urinals and toilets. Our stormwater system is collected and taken back to the park so the park can use it for their wa park water features like the lakes and fountains. Those are just some of the examples, at least for the water feature, those are some of the examples 
that we did in order to not depend so much on the city's water and be able to run our project independently. I love to hear that, you know, a company that large is putting their money where their mouth is mm-hmm. and trying to maintain that everywhere. And it's better for them and it's better for, for the cities they're in um, and it's better for the environment. Yeah, people have such a bad misconception of large format retail being, oh, they don't care. They're just a giant metal box to sell and that's it. But no, the Costco really does do their research. And also here at MG2, we support them on that. And we're constantly trying educating them on ways to continue improving too. Because that's part of our job too, right? Exactly. Uh, so we're great partners in that sense. We work very well together in improving architecture. I imagine that you had more than your share of specialty consultants on this project, um, just by the nature of all that's going on here. Um, Talk to me a little bit about which disciplines were really integral in working through the complexities of this building and helping you get this done. Absolutely. Uh, There were definitely quite a few who were instrumental for this project. You know, I already talked about a lot about our metal building supplier and and our green roof consultant being able to figure out that we can put a green roof on a metal building, which was amazing. Uh, Another one was a structure engineer. He had to work with three different types of buildings, as I mentioned. But in addition, we have to solve for poor soil conditions because this used to be a landfill site. And in Mexico City, it's a seismic zone. So we had to deal with earthquakes. On an earthquake, a concrete building and a metal building moves very differently, right? So a metal building tends to, it's not as rigid as concrete, tends to shake a lot more. And so per code, we, ha- we needed to have a seismic gap between each building type. However, we still needed to b- have people be able to move between buildings, right, during, during the use. So we had to use different types of seismic joints throughout the project that would not only allow people to walk from one building to the other, but also be able, it was attached to one building system and was able to move during an earthquake without damaging the other building system. Civil and Landscape was another two consultants that were instrumental for this. Civil with their with the design of the montañitas around the building and hiding the building while still be able to design for the drainage and bring in that natural light and ventilation that you asked about earlier. Landscaping, finding all native plants that will work with this building and be low maintenance in irrigation too. And Landscape did a beautiful job in designing and picking the right plants to make this project absolutely gorgeous. And you know, one of the great things about this project is it will be constantly evolving because of the landscape. You know, over time, that greenery will continue growing on the green screens, the greenery around the mountains, the green roof, all of that's just going to be growing. So in a year, this is going to be a whole different project. It's always evolving. So that's one of the things I'm very excited about this when I go back in the future. Were your consultants in the U.S. or in Mexico, did they struggle at all if they were U.S. consultants working in another country with a whole different set of rules? So we have consultants both in Mexico and U.S. Okay. Actually, yeah. Our metal builder, our roof designer, our MEP, they're from the United States. Uh, and so is our structural and our civil landscape are in Mexico. However, our structural engineer, he's from Mexico too, so he knew Spanish. So that was great in the communication, but not the MEP or metal or the roof designer guy. So they have, in some meetings, we kind of had to like translate back and forth on that. But, you know, we in Costco, we use the same consultants, also engineering for all our buildings. So they also worked in Mexico since the 90s, too, actually. Okay, that helps a lot. Yeah, exactly. It helps a lot. So they're already used to working in Mexico. They do know the codes already in Mexico and what it needs to get done. And even like the equipment we need to order, because it is a little bit different equipment over there than the United States, depending on availability, too. 
So uh, that was, it's great to have a team that already is experienced and we all know each other too very well too. So I'm an architect and I am going to go out and do my very first ever project in Mexico. What would your top two or three pieces of advice be to me before I take on that project? One, I will say first, do research on materials and products that you will need to make this project happen. Because shipping products from the United States to Mexico has a very long lead time, and it's not as easy as just putting in the mail and go. They do have their own regulation and process when importing it into the country. Another one is, I mean, I know you mentioned not the team, but having a team to work with that you can trust and be able to tack on, on a foreign country, it's super important I, also. Only because, I mean, each even in Mexico, each, each city is like a jurisdiction, right? They all have their own different codes or not codes, but like th their own different like uh, requirements, I should say. You know, like in Mexico City, you have Sedema, like I said, their environmental agency. They have their own, their own code and their own list of things we needed to follow. So diving in to make sure what, is in, what else you needed to comply besides just the typical building codes of Mexico. In your opinion... How is our generational shift affecting design and construction right now? And what do you think we will see with the mass exodus of the baby boomers that is happening in the large numbers of the millennials and Gen Z now taking the helm? I do see a shift in ideology between baby boomers and the millennials and Gen Zs. Uh, my parents, for example, they were baby boomers. And, you know, that generation, they're extremely hardworking. They also work long hours and they sacrifice a lot to move up in their careers, right? Millennials and Gen Zs, though, however, they change the perspective of how to work. I myself, I'm a millennial and we like to work in a collaborative work environment and we also value work-life balance. So overall, I do see a shift in collaborative nature of architectural practices and that has made architectural firms a better prepared for millennials and Gen Zs influence in terms of workplace engagement. Our generation is not looking at the office as a place to go and finish our work, but as an extension of our beliefs and values. Uh, in addition, we are more exposed to climate change, right? So we are definitely more attracted to create a positive impact in our society. We're a very sustainably focused generation, and I am seeing a trend of taking environmentally sound architectural practices to the next level. So we are looking to we're looking at re renewable energies, but in addition, we're also looking how do we support that community in which we are building on. So we're taking more architecture into a more holistic approach, which I personally I enjoy, and that's my beliefs also as I'm diving into projects and designing architecture. So our final our final question and my favorite one of the day. I actually have guests now telling me. I prepared for your final world domination question, Sharice. <laughs> what is your personal world domination statement? Meaning, either personally or professionally, what mark do you as an individual want to leave on the world? So ever since I was a little kid, I actually always wanted to be an architect. That was never a questionable thing for me growing up. And, you know, growing up in high school and throughout college, you know, I studied all these great architectural figures of our history all these modern architects nowadays. And I'm just like, wow, this is like amazing buildings. And by, back then, I was so determined that by making a big impact, I need to create this grandiose building, right? I need to be the star architect. That's why I always thought when I was younger.
But now that I uh, grown up and um, more in my professional career, I realized that that is not really the case anymore. I've realized that through the different products I worked here at MG2. I was in Santa Fe last month and I first saw, you know, families using the skate park. People, there was actually a soccer tournament going on on the roof too, which is amazing. And I got a chance to talk to the locals and people were so excited to have this facility right in the middle of the city. Like for them, it was awesome. It was, a, it was a great way for them to get their kids out. They themselves go out and just enjoy it. And so now I see that what is important is not creating a building, but creating a space where the community can come together. And so, and that's what Santa Fe was. And that for me, that was the eye opener for me. I'm like, oh my God, this is it. Like I'm standing here and I'm looking, I'm looking at it and I'm experiencing it all around me. I would say that will be my world domination statement. <laughs> well, no, I love that because you can't even count how many lives you've touched just with this one project, let alone whatever you do throughout your career. Mary Bell, this has been an absolute delight. This is my last interview for 2022. And I truly, honestly have to say that this is my favorite interview of 2022. So thank you so much for rounding out our year um, with this fabulous conversation. And I so appreciate you joining me today. Thank you so much. That really means a lot uh, to me too. It was so much fun talking to you, Cherise. This is an amazing experience. Very excited to be part of it. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more, visit rcat.com forward slash podcast to see photos, details, and more related project and product information that we discussed today. While you're there, take a look around rcat.com. For over 30 years, RCAT has been the resource for AEC professionals to find the right products for their project. Try RCAT and see how their tools can save you time and money and help you get ahead on your next project. Visit RCAT.com. That's A-R-C-A-T dot If you enjoyed the show, you can support us by subscribing, leaving a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, and sharing this with your friends. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back to share more stories and lessons learned to help you navigate your next project.